So let's talk about craftsmanship today. We've probably all heard high-level players and coaches and trainers and even people like artists and musicians speak about this concept of sharpening your craft, of working on your craft, and yet we very rarely talk about this deeply enough to the point where we can understand and develop the quality of craftsmanship within our game. And that is a big shame because the path of craftsmanship to me is the highest level approach that you can take to the game of basketball. And if you really want to develop master level skill in this game, then again, that path of craftsmanship is the one that you take. There is no other, okay? So I want to open this up just by redefining exactly what craftsmanship is. Because as I was doing a little bit of research for this talk, I looked up the popular definitions of craftsmanship and they were actually a little bit incomplete. And so the most popular definition of craftsmanship that I found was craftsmanship simply as your skill at your craft. And so in this case, your basketball skill would be your measure of craftsmanship. Now, we know that to be a little bit incomplete, right? Because we see highly skilled, highly talented and naturally gifted players almost every time we step on the basketball court. They are all over the place. But when we see craftsmanship, <laughs> true craftsmanship, it is so rare that it looks like magic. It looks like true beauty. And the player that comes to mind most often for me is late career Michael Jordan. <laughs> when you watch MJ late in his career, his game is so exact and so precise. It's like he has no wasted movement whatsoever. It's so efficient and so like effortlessly simple and almost elegant that... There is no way that anybody could have that naturally gifted to them. That's not natural skill. That is extreme attention to detail and extreme craftsmanship. So that's really the difference that I want to point out here. And I'll offer you a new definition of craftsmanship along those lines. My definition of craftsmanship is craftsmanship as your quali the quality of your work. Okay. Craftsmanship is the quality of your work. And when we watch MJ Layden in his career, it's very clear we are looking at a work of art. So if you start to look at your game that you're developing as a work of art that, again, you're developing over a long period of time, then your craftsmanship will be a measure of the quality of that work. And every time you step on the basketball court, you are putting your work on display for the rest of the basketball world to see. That's a very different definition of craftsmanship. And again, that viewing your game as a work of art, as a body of work that you are creating over a long period of time, that is the key to finally understanding how to develop that quality of craftsmanship in your game. And we're, we're going to get into some really uh, fascinating examples of craftsmanship in, in the real world here so you can understand what this looks like practically. And... The point that I want you to get, and hopefully that I want you to see as we go through these examples, there's a central key, sort of an essence of craftsmanship, that once you understand it, it will unlock this entire world for you. But I'm going to leave that till after these examples. So see if you can catch on to this as we move through these. Now, we will start off <laughs> by taking a little bit of a detour outside the basketball world <clears throat> because one of the greatest craftsmen in human history, in my opinion, is actually Steve Jobs. 
And I just got finished rereading the Steve Jobs biography by Walter Isaacson, which is a, a really fascinating read if you want to take a look at that. There are so many examples of extreme craftsmanship in that book that I want to share a few of my favorites with you here. And the first one, actually, if you didn't realize this, Steve was adopted and his adopted father, <coughs> excuse me, his adopted father would often take him to work with him. He worked as a, as a carpenter. And so he would build things like fences and uh, cabinetry and Steve would watch him work. And he noticed that every time his dad would, let's say, build a fence, he would always pay just as much attention to the parts of the fence and the parts of the cabinets that nobody else could see. And so in a fence where um, imagine the two boards are facing each other. There's an outside of the fence and then the inside where the two boards face each other. He would craft the inside of the fence with just as much attention to detail as the outside. And Steve asked him like, hey, there, nobody's ever gonna see the inside of the fence. Why do you pay so much attention to the insides? Like, isn't that a waste of time? And his dad said, I pay attention to it because I will see it. I will see it. It doesn't matter if nobody else is going to see it. I will know the level of craftsmanship I put into that. In other words, I will know the quality of my own work. And same goes with the cabinetry. He would craft the insides of the cabinets and polish and paint them with the same level of attention that he gave to the outsides that everybody else would see. So that is a commitment to the quality of his work that very few people take in whatever their craft is, especially in the basketball world where players want to skip steps and not master the foundational fundamentals before they move on to the flashy stuff. And that is the exact opposite of craftsmanship. Whenever, if, if you ever watch like late career Kobe Bryant in a workout, his workouts look so simple. He is doing basic, basic stuff like one ball ball handling drills to warm up and uh, shooting from the high block, like thousands of shots, just working on um, pivoting one way, pivoting the other way, shooting every variation that he sees in a game, but very simple, very, very simple. That is a commitment to craftsmanship. He's not focused on adding all of this fanciness to his game. He's focused on the absolute foundations and just polishing and sharpening them over and over and over. Okay. So I have um, one more Steve Jobs example for you. And this one's really interesting because Steve actually brought in a man named Johnny Ive during his second tenure at Apple. Johnny Ive was the lead designer and kind of became Steve's like right-hand man at Apple. And Steve said he was the one person with the same commitment to craftsmanship that Steve himself had. And one day they're actually in France walking through this kitchen supply store. And at the same time, they come upon this beautiful kitchen knife and they're admiring the craftsmanship and they're looking at the quality of the work when <laughs> simultaneously they both spot this little spot of glue that's kind of squeezed out between the handle and the blade. And they look at this spot of glue at the same time and they drop the knife in disgust and walk away. <laughs> As craftsmen, that little spot of glue and that lack of attention to detail, which is probably just a manufacturing error or something like that, ruined the quality of the work for them. And so they could not appreciate the rest of the, the quality of the work because there was this inherent flaw in the design. And so that is once again, a, extreme example of craftsmanship and craftsmanship all the way through it has to be absolute they will not tolerate 
any flaw in their quality of work. And Steve actually was famous for putting entire product launches on hold. It became this running joke at Apple that sometime during the phase of developing a new product or launching a new product, Steve would halt the entire process. He would pause it. He would stop everybody and he would say, we did something wrong. And he would come up with this, or he would spot this flaw in their design that uh, nobody else had seen and would cost them tons of money to redesign at the last minute. And they'd have to pay everybody overtime. Everybody would have to come in and work so much harder and they'd have to rush. And sometimes he'd push back deadlines. He didn't care. (laughs) He didn't care. He just wanted the quality of the work, the product itself, to be the highest quality it could possibly be. And so if that cost Apple money, it didn't matter. If it cost people more time, it didn't matter. He just wanted the the craftsmanship to be absolutely the best it could possibly be. So I'll give you one more kind of pretty extreme example of this from Steve Jobs. And when he was building the first Mac computer, it was actually, if you can imagine this, it was this beige box. (laughs) And so nothing like the MacBook, uh, the Mac computers of today. But the first Mac, it was beige. And as he was deciding what color of beige to paint this Mac, he had his team bring in 2,000 color codes of beige that he could pour over and he obsessed over what was the perfect color of beige to paint this, this computer. When finally he comes to the conclusion that none of them are right. And so Steve, being the craftsman that he is, develops a new shade of beige to paint this Mac computer. So the the original Mac is a completely uh, unique shade of beige that Steve Jobs created. That might be a little bit obsessive. (laughs) Yes, it might be over the top, but that is craftsmanship. That is extreme craftsmanship. And... uh, Hopefully you're getting it now. Craftsmanship is the quality of your work and the commitment to the quality of that work will be a measure of like your work of art that you've created at the end of your career. And so the precision, the attention to detail, the level of uh, presence of mind that you have when you're going through your training, remember, Your quality of work is always on display every time you step on the basketball court. And so your craftsmanship is going to be a measure of that quality of work. If there's gaps, if there's little spots of glue coming out between the handle and the blade, if little things are off, those are oversights in the quality of your work and in your craftsmanship. And here's where we start to zero in on the essence of craftsmanship, the real key that unlocks all of this for you. I will communicate this with another quick story that actually comes from J. Cole. And J. Cole, I've shared this in a a past talk. Let's see if you recognize this one. And maybe you actually came across this video before J. Cole released his most recent album, which um, to me as a big J. Cole fan, that was, um, in my opinion, his best work so far, his highest quality of work. Before he released this album in the years leading up to it, he actually said that for about five years prior, He was in this fight with comfort. And he said that he came to this point in his career where he had all the stuff that he thought he wanted. He had all the stuff that um, most young artists uh, get started and and like (laughs) they aim for. So he had the money, he had the fame, he had the status, he had the luxury and the comfort and um, he had the cars and the house and all of the stuff. And his quality of work, his craftsmanship actually started to slip. 
And he came to a point, he, a crossroads, he said, between he could go down further down this road of comfort and luxury and sort of slip into this life of fame and allow his quality of work to continually suffer and, and kind of fade away. Or he could recommit all of that attention he had on the comfort to the craft itself. And so what he did is he completely disconnected from that life of comfort. He moved back into this old townhouse. They called it, I think, the Muhammad house it was. And he lived in this upstairs bedroom with like his desk right beside the bed with all of his production equipment on it. And every day he would just sharpen his craft and go to work on the craft. And the end result of that was his latest album, which again, in my opinion, is the best quality of work that he's produced so far. So <laughs> for J. Cole, he said that he redirected all of the attention that he had on accumulating the money, the status, the fame, and all of the stuff. And he redirected that focus onto the craft itself. And this is truly the, the essence of this lesson here. The life of comfort versus the life of craftsmanship is the decision that we all have to make. And it's a decision of why do you do this? <laughs> what is your reason for playing this game? If it is to get the rewards and the recognition and the accolades and to make a bunch of money one day, to be recognized for your game by other people, to uh, you know get status and girls and um, the MVP trophies and the college scholarship and the pro contract, if it's to get anything, that is not the approach of craftsmanship, okay? That is the approach that most players take. And if most players are really honest with themselves that those are the things that are motivating them, that's fine. That's not craftsmanship. True craftsmanship plays this game for the sake of the craft itself. And we, in, in Deep Game, we communicate this through the law of mastery. So the law of mastery states that the game rewards the player who needs no reward other than the game itself. And so in that way, the work is the reward, the craft, the sharpening your craft day after day and building a quality, a quality of work that you can be proud of, a, a work of art, really. That is the reason we play this game. It's the craft. It's not the rewards that you may get from the craft. And so true craftsmanship does the work for the sake of the work itself. <laughs> this is um, really the opposite approach that most players take to their game. And one of my teachers actually put this in a really interesting way. He said that after working with hundreds, thousands even um, practitioners, he's a meditation teacher, so thousands of meditation practitioners, he said that those who progress the fastest, those who go the furthest in their practice are not those who are the most naturally gifted or those who find the perfect practice or the perfect meditation or even those who spend the most time on it. The one fundamental factor that determines their success more than anything else is how much they enjoy the practice itself. So as a basketball player, the fundamental <laughs> predictor of your long-term success is not your natural ability. It's not um, the talent and natural skill that you have. It is how much do you enjoy the process of the work itself? How much is the work the reward? When you approach the game in this way, 
there is like <laughs> there is no um, separation between you and the work itself. You become the work of art because your mind is in the same way that Michael Jordan became this work of art late in his career. There is such an attention to detail because you want to focus on all the little details because you love the detail of the work so much. Your craft is such a reward in and of itself that your mind isn't wandering while you're training. It's so in the moment focused on what you are doing because there's this deep, deep love for the craft in and of itself. Not the rewards that you may get from the craft one day, but the craft itself is the reward. And so you can endure these challenges and discomforts that uh, may shake up a lot of players. You can endure a coach yelling at you or not having a good game. All of that stuff is kind of secondary to the craft. And understand, I'm not saying that you can't be motivated at all by the rewards that come from playing this game at a high level. It's okay to want that stuff. But if it's the central reason for doing this, choose something else. <laughs> choose something else to do. Find the thing that you love so much that the work itself becomes the reward. And in that way, it will feel like you never worked a day in your life. Craftsmanship will come easy because you won't help. You won't be able to help yourself from putting this level of attention to detail that nobody else is putting in. There was, Kobe has said over and over and over that when he, he was like, had this fanatical work ethic and everybody said like how do you do that how do you work so hard to kobe he said it didn't feel like work it was hard work as is defined by society but to him he didn't want to be anywhere else it didn't feel like he was sacrificing and giving things up it felt like he was gaining everything he didn't want to be anywhere else the work was the reward okay so that is the essence of craftsmanship. And that's the choice that we all have to make. And so as we wrap up here, I want to bring back another quote from Kobe. And I'm going to read this to you now. This comes from, I believe it was uh, from the Muse documentary. He said, there's a choice we have to make as individuals. If you want to be great at something, we can all be masters at our craft, but you have to make a choice. That choice is between the life of comfort and the life of craftsmanship. Why do you do this? Do you do it for the rewards that the game may give to you someday? Or do you do it <clears throat> for the craft of the game itself? That's the choice that we have to make. We can all be masters at our craft, but you have to make a choice. Hey, it's Coach Taylor. I hope you enjoyed today's talk. And if you did, the best thing to do right now while it's fresh in your mind is head over to deepgame.com and take our free one-hour masterclass where you'll actually learn all of the fundamentals, all eight laws of the deep game, and everything that you need to know as a high-level basketball player about the part of basketball that's played with the mind. We've had players call this the best hour of basketball learning of their lives, and I think this is going to be so, so powerful for you. So head over to deepgame.com right now, or just click the link around this video, and I will see you 